Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are in week three of a relationship series that we've called X's and O's. And just by show of hands, how many of you, no matter your relationship status, how many of you, just by show of hands in the chat right there, how many of you want to win in your relationships? Come on, like you want to win in your relationships. We all do. Like, I don't know if I've ever met anyone that was like, you know, like, my biggest desire for my relationships is for them to be a dumpster fire. Like, I just want my relationships full of hurt and pain and guilt and shame and regret and dysfunction. Like, that's what I want. No, like we all want to win in our relationships. And the good news is, is that the Bible, God's playbook, talks a lot about relationships. So in this series, we've been looking at some X's and O's from God's playbook that help that will help us win in our relationships. And today, I want to start by reading two passages of scripture that I think will really help frame up what we want to talk about today, okay? So first starting in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 18, this is what the Bible says. It says, "Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? In other words, this verse says that don't you realize that God himself lives on the inside of you? It goes on to say, you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price, and his name is Jesus. So you must honor God with your body. And then the second verse that I want to read is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. And listen to what this says. It says, run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and lust of youth. Exactly what we just talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But then he adds one thing. And chase, run after all that is pure. So today, if you're taking notes, today we're going to be talking about a play from God's playbook that I'm simply calling Run! (laughs) Run, 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 run. Um, Just by show of hands, how many of you would consider yourself a runner? Like, that's you. You consider yourself a runner. I know that there's a lot of people in Cincinnati that consider themselves runners. How many of you have ever ran a half marathon? Just by a show of hands, just anybody that's, that's run a half marathon. Look at all you disciplined people. You're amazing. How many of you have ever run a full marathon? I mean, the, the, the big daddy. How many of you have ever ran that? Let me ask you this. How many of you ran this week? Because if you ran this week, you are a runner. I'm just saying if you ran outside this week, you are lumped up into that category. Um, Now myself, I don't consider myself a runner, but I have ran three marathons back in the day. Like I've got the medals and the t-shirts to prove it. Um, I did it a long time ago, and I learned a lot 
running marathons. And one of the many things I learned running those marathons was that a marathon is not 26.2 miles. I know some of you right now are so confused. You're like, I'm pulling up Google right now. I'm going to prove him wrong. But it's not. A marathon is not 26.2 miles. A marathon is 26.2 miles in the right direction. Because, think about this. If you're on the starting line, the gun goes off, the race starts, and instead of you running the marked out course, you just decide, I'm going to run my own course. I'm just going to go run 26.2 miles, my Fitbit, my Apple Watch will track it, and then I'll go back to the finish line and say, look, I ran my marathon, that's what I did. I'm telling you, they are not going to give you the medal, and they're not going to give you the t-shirt that said that you ran that marathon. Because a marathon is not 26.2 miles is 26.2 miles in the right direction. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 2 Timothy 2, it talks about running. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6.18, it says, run, run from sexual sin. And that word sexual sin in the original Greek is the word pornaya. And it's where we get the modern day word for pornography. But that word, it literally means any sex outside of God's plan. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says that when you're faced with sexual sin, that God's game plan is for you to run. To run so that it will not destroy you and it will not destroy your relationships. And by the way, this is the only sin in the Bible that I can find where God's strategy is for us to run. Almost everything else is like fight. Like, you fight, you get aggressive, but this says, no, like, don't fight, flight. Like, run, 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 run. And I think it's because God knows that we're not strong enough to face that by ourselves. And listen, here's what I want you to understand is that God knows what's best for us. Like, God's ways are God's ways for a reason. He's not trying to take the fun out of life. He's trying to take the sting out of life. He's not trying to limit you. He's trying to protect you. And so he says, hey, when it comes to this, run. But then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, it takes that game plan one step further. Because it says run. Run as fast as you can from all the ambitions and the lust of youth, the pornaya. Like run from those things. But one other thing. Chase, run after all that is pure. See, this verse says, don't just run from something, but run to something. Don't just run 26.2 miles. Run 26.2 miles in the right direction. And the big idea, the whole idea of today, the burden that's on my heart is this. Don't just run from sexual sin. Run to purity. That's my burden for today. If you want to know the message in one sentence, it's that. Don't just run from sexual sin. Run to purity. Passionately pursue purity in every single area of your life. Not just sexually, but physically, emotionally, mentally. Every single area of your life. Passionately pursue purity. Now my story is that I grew up in church. Like I don't know if that's your story, but that's my story. I mean, I'm telling you, I looked it up. I was born on a Thursday. I'm telling you, diseases beware. I was in church on that Sunday. 
they just took me. Forget about all the shots. Forget get get them in church. Get them in church. So we were there every single time the doors were open. I grew up in church, and when it came to sexuality, like here was the message I heard over and over again in church: Don't do it. 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 Sex is bad, dirty, and ugly. Save it for the one you love. <laughs> True love waits, you know. My, my, my youth pastor, like, God bless his soul. Um, youth pastors, man. Um, <laughs> he said, Brian, the second look is lust. That didn't help me at all, because I just looked one time for a long time. But truthfully, truthfully, like, there's no area of my life where I've faced more temptation. No area. Before I got married, there was no area of my life where I faced more temptation. Since I've been married, there's no area of my life where I've faced more temptation. By the way, I think it's so easy for us to believe a lie that marriage just fixes all this stuff. That if I can just get married, I won't struggle with any of these things anymore. Listen, marriage does not solve your problems. It magnifies your problems. So, like, listen, purity, it does not get easier with age. I'm 39 years old. Big 4-0 in just a few months. And it is just as difficult for me to run to purity at 39 as it was when I was 19. When I was an out-of-control walking hormone. <laughs> Listen, purity is a lifelong pursuit. Purity is just as important after marriage as it is before marriage. And so trust me, trust me, there's no area in my life where I face more temptation. I know what it's like to struggle with lust. I know what it's like to struggle with porn. I know what it's like to struggle with saying no when everything inside of you wants to say yes. I know what it's like to struggle with knowing how far is too far. I I know what it's like to mess up and to be weighed down by guilt and shame and regret. But I also know what it's like to experience God's love, His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. And I know what it's like to experience breakthrough, healing, freedom, and victory in this area. And I desperately want you to experience that too. So my question is, how? How? That if we're supposed to run towards purity, if we're supposed to passionately pursue purity, like what does that even look like in 2021? Like how can we practically run towards purity? Let me give you three just very practical ways today that you can actually run towards purity right now. And here's the first one. The first thing that you can do is to know your triggers to know your triggers. And this is all about awareness. See, for you to pursue purity, for you to pursue, it's so important for you to know your triggers, for you to be aware of the things in life that make you stop running. And here's what I know. Awareness is a great thing. Awareness is a gift. 
Like, I love awareness because the road to freedom actually starts with awareness. Because when you become aware of your triggers, then you can actually do something about them. But if you don't know what your triggers are, you can't do anything about them. But if you become aware of them, that's when you can do something about them. So practically, triggers could be things like this. Like when I see that, when I see that, it triggers me. When I watch that on TV, that show, that movie, when I watch Netflix, when I watch all the other 17 just subscriptions that I have, when I read that, when I go to that website or that app, when it's late at night and I look on my phone, when I see someone dressed like that, when I go there, when I hang out there, when I spend time with that person, when I hang out with that group, when I go on the weekends there, or when I spend too much time with that group or that person, it's when I get attention from them, from that person, not my spouse, from that person at work, from that person at gym. It just takes me somewhere I don't need to go. When I get that text or when I get that DM from them, when that hug lasts just a little too long with them. When I'm not in a good emotional space. It's when I'm lonely, when I'm tired, when I'm sad, when I'm angry. See, all those can be triggers that can cause you to stop running. And so if you want to pursue purity... You need to know and be aware of your triggers. Here's number two. Not only do we have to know our triggers, which is all about awareness, number two, we have to have boundaries. Have boundaries. And see, this is all about protection. Because once you know your triggers, if you become aware of what those things are, then you can put in some much-needed boundaries. But what I found is that there's some people that just do not like that word. Like we think boundaries is a bad word because we think boundaries bring restrictions. But it's not at all. Like boundaries actually bring security. See, boundaries, it protects you. It keeps the bad things out. And listen, healthy relationships are made up of healthy individuals. And healthy individuals have healthy boundaries. So practically... Regardless of your relationship status, what are boundaries that you and I can have in our lives that will help us actually run after purity? Here's a couple things that maybe will help you that have helped me. Here's the first. is just guard your eyes. This has to be with what you see. This is all about what you see. Guard your eyes. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. He says this. He says, your eye is like a lamp. That provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, when you're looking at good things, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, when you're looking at things you shouldn't look at, your whole body is filled with darkness. Jesus says that what we see, it actually impacts our life. So we need to guard our eyes. We need to have boundaries on what we see. And the truth is, if you just studied this, 
And by the way, if you study this, be prepared to have your heart broken. That if you just study, you will find that right now porn is an epidemic right now. It's everywhere. You don't even have to go looking for it. It will find you. And the truth is, with the size of our church, with people that are... Right now, you may be owned by porn. Like, owned. Like, you don't want to. But it feels like you're stuck in a cycle that you can't get out of. And listen, desperate times calls for some desperate measures. And let me just encourage you, if that's you in this place, there is a way out. Set up some boundaries for your eyes. Maybe don't have technology in your bedroom. Or lead them out of public areas. Like, make sure that you put all that stuff in public areas of your house. Like, delete those apps. Cancel those subscriptions. And just let me give you just a couple very practical resources. Again, a lot of what we're talking about, my heart is just to help as much as possible. Here's a practical resource that came highly recommended from so many people on our leadership team. They said, I have this on my devices. It's something called Covenant Eyes. It's something called Covenant Eyes. And you can see everything there. You can see the website where you can go there. Let me tell you what this is. It just, it filters and it monitors what you see on all your devices. And it sends a weekly email to accountability partners that you choose. And so if you're married, I encourage you to maybe download that and make your spouse your accountability partner. I think that that's very important. If you're not married and you don't have a spouse, make it your mom. (laughs) Or your grandma. You want to stop looking at porn, I promise you. you. Like, you do not want your mom or your grandma seeing, oh my goodness. It's just a practical resource that may be good to really help you pursue. Instead of just fighting, I'm just going to try harder. No, like this is what it looks like to run. And so here's another practical resource that it, if you have an Apple product like an iPhone, iPad, all those things, like in your settings, there's something called screen time. And, um, and it's, it's where you can have someone set a password that you don't know that puts restrictions on what you can see, what you can download. It can even like set how much time you use on specific apps. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday that says, I can only check out Instagram for like 45 minutes a day. And that's it. Like, that's all I have. And once I hit it, it will not turn back on. I'm telling you, this is a great resource. If you're a parent, this is a fantastic resource um, to that. And by the way, if none of that works, get rid of your technology. I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, trade your smartphone for an old school flip phone. Where all you can do is call people, text T9 style. And even play a little snake. That's all you need. In all seriousness, your purity is way more important than you having the the newest technology. It is. And so one practical way you can guard your eyes. Here's another practical way is that you can guard your heart. We have to figure out a way how to guard our heart. And this is all about our emotions. 
Because having emotional boundaries is just as important as having physical boundaries. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Like, guard your emotions. Guard your heart. So what boundaries do you need to have in that area? Maybe it's spending time boundaries or communication, texting, social media, direct messages. What do you need to guard your heart and to guard your emotions? See, practically for me, here's just a few things that I've implemented in my life. One is that I don't ride in the car alone with the opposite sex. I just don't do it. I don't meet alone with the opposite sex. It'll always be somewhere public with other people that are present. Um, I don't travel alone. I don't. In fact, in a few weeks, I'm going to go on a ministry trip. And I've already told them, hey, I don't travel alone. So if you don't build that into your budget, I'll pay for it myself to have somebody come. And I always take somebody with me. And listen, that's not about um, having self-control. That's about being smart. In fact, like, I don't even want to put myself in position to have to rely on self-control. Like, why would I put myself in a position to say no to something in the future when I can say no right now? When the pressure's not on. And so one more practical thing that I do is I give my wife, Heather, like all my logins and passwords to everything. And I give her permission at any time to check on anything. So she can at any time grab my phone, look through my texts, see different things, see my email inbox, do whatever she needs to do. She can look through my internet history, my social media. She has my location. She can see where I'm at, wherever I'm at. She can do all that. And I just encourage you, especially if you're married, do that. Do that. And like some of you, maybe you push back on that. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's my privacy. That's my... Okay, so you can share last names, but you can't share your logins and passwords. Like you can raise kids together, but you don't want them seeing your texts and your DMs. So it's, listen, it's so important that we guard our eyes, guard our heart, that for us to have boundaries. And then finally, here's number three, just practically, what does it look like? Number three is have no secrets. Have no secrets. This is all about accountability. See, as a parent, this is one of the biggest things we tell our kids. It's the one of two rules that we have in our house. Have no secrets. As a pastor, this is one of the biggest things we tell our team. Have no secrets. Because secrecy destroys purity. And you're only as sick as your secrets. And I'm just telling you, if you're the only one that knows your secrets right now, you're in trouble. You don't have to tell everybody, but you need to be telling somebody what's going on. Because of this, in Proverbs 28, verse 13, it says, People who conceal, who hide, who have secrets, who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess, if they bring it out into the light, if they have accountability and turn from them, they will receive mercy. In James 5, 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. So you can know your triggers. You can have boundaries. But unless you have accountability, what's the point? 
Like, because ultimately, if you don't, you're still just relying on you. And here's what I've learned. Boundaries without accountability are just suggestions. Come on, that's good right there. You need to write that down. I'm sorry I didn't put that on the screen. Let me say it one more time. Boundaries without accountability are just suggestions. So my question is, who knows your secrets? Who knows your triggers? Who knows your boundaries? Who's holding you accountable? And by the way, this is why our church has such a strong conviction that we refuse to live life alone. That's one of the main reasons why you hear that all the time. We refuse to live life alone because when we live life alone, we lose. But when we refuse to live life alone, we win. And that's why our small groups are such a big deal. Our semester started just two weeks ago. And my biggest prayer you need to know for our small groups is not that you learn something. It's not that you get out of debt or study a book. My, my, my biggest prayer for you for small groups is not even that you make friends. My biggest prayer for our small groups is that you find at least one person where you can be real, take off your mask and say, here's what's really going on on the inside of me. That's my biggest prayer. And that's why it's so important for you to be in a group. Because maybe, just maybe, you can find that. And when you do that, the Bible says that you won't experience shame, that you won't experience being exposed. It says you will experience healing whenever you do that. Listen, if you are struggling in this area of purity, in any like area of your life, let me tell you the best thing that you can do today. The best thing you can do today is tell somebody. Like, don't wait like, make a decision. I'm telling somebody today. I'm not going to go one more day with secrets. I'm going to tell somebody. If you're married and you're struggling, I challenge you, tell your spouse. Tell your spouse. Have no secrets between the two of you. And listen, if your spouse does this, it's very important. If you're on the other side of that, if they come to you and they say, listen, I'm struggling with this, please, please, please don't condemn them. Please, don't condemn them. Don't shame them. Just make the decision. No matter what, we're in this thing together. If you're struggling, we're going to struggle together. We refuse to live life alone. So how? So how can we practically run to purity? One, know your triggers. Two, have boundaries. And then three, have no secrets. I promise you, if you implement those things into your life, that is you running towards purity. Not just running away from something, but running to something. Now, I've been doing this a while. Um, I've been a pastor now for, I don't know, 17 years, something like that. I've been doing this for a while. And um, the most common reaction to a message like this, sadly, is often condemnation. Like you hear principles like this and it's so easy for the enemy to just manipulate and tell lies and have you immediately think of all the ways that you have fallen short and how you've already messed up and you've made massive mistakes in this area and you start to feel condemnation 
That's just a biblical word for guilt, shame, and regret. And maybe today as we've been having this conversation, that's what you've been feeling on the inside. Just guilt, shame, and regret. So if you're here today and that's where you're at, like what should you do? Now, I I, I thought of this. Let me put it this way. Um, I have in my pocket a crisp $100 bill. Yeah. Got a $100 bill. So, no matter if you're watching online, you're here in Memorial Hall, just by show of hands, how many of you would, would desire this $100, this $100 bill? It's not a trick question, just some of you are like, I don't know. I don't. Come on, put your hand up. I want to make sure I see. Make sure they're watching online. Just want to see. You, you would like this $100. You're not going to get it. I just want to see who, who wanted it. Um, okay, so we just established that, that you would desire this. Well, what about now? see again. How many of you would want this hundred dollars? Are you serious? You still want this? Even after everything that just happened to it? After it's used, dirty, trashed, damaged? You see, no matter what happens to this hundred dollars, you still want it because it never loses its value. And the truth is, maybe you find yourself at church today and you feel like this hundred dollars. You feel used, dirty, trashed, damaged. You made mistakes. Listen, listen. God looks at you And he says, I still want you. That you still have worth. You still have value. In fact, you never lost your value and your worth. See, my Bible says, Romans chapter 8, verse 39, that says, absolutely nothing, no mistake, nothing that I've done can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. My Bible says Psalm 103 verse 12 that says, He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. In other words, your sins have been removed from you as far as they possibly could be. And my Bible says, Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation, that there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no regret for those who belong to Christ Jesus. So if you've made mistakes in this area, I promise you, even though you've made mistakes, you are not a mistake. So don't you for one second embrace condemnation. But I unapologetically today encourage you and push you to embrace conviction. 
And there's a massive difference. There's a big difference between condemnation and conviction. See, condemnation says you've made a mistake and there's no way out. But conviction, it says you've made a mistake and here is your way out. And that way out, his name is Jesus. Listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. It says, there is one God and one mediator. That's talking about Jesus, the one who mediates between us and God. There's one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. This is what he did for our mistakes. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone no matter what you've done before you stepped foot in this church what everyone includes you so today if you're struggling if you're hurting if you've made mistakes if you're weighed down by guilt and shame don't just run from something run to someone run to Jesus I want you to bow your head and close your eyes And just ask God right now, just pray wherever you are in faith. I just want you to just ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me? Ask him this, like, what does my response need to be? You need to know that we are passionate about about letting what we do here on Sundays affect our Mondays. So ask him, what's a next step for me? What's how how what we experienced over this last hour, how can my life be different? Just ask them. And maybe today you just need to start, make the internal commitment that I'm gonna start running towards purity. Regardless of what happened yesterday or in the past, today is a new day. And his mercies are new every single day. And today I'm starting to run towards purity. Maybe For you, it's like you need to recognize your triggers. You need to sit down today and you need to think through that and then maybe establish some boundaries around those things. Maybe you need to download or install that covenant eyes or you need to do something with that screen time that I talked about. Maybe you need to refuse to live life alone and have an honest conversation today. You need to tell somebody, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm struggling. I don't want to have any secrets. But maybe you're here and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and you've never said yes to grace and to his love and to his forgiveness. You've never said yes to Jesus. And maybe you're here and you have in the past, but you've walked away from God and today you just need a fresh start. Listen, if you're here and you know, man, I've just made some mistakes and I just need Jesus. See, before we end our service, we want to give you the opportunity to get right with God and to make the most important decision of your life. And I promise you, whatever you walked in here with, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus went to the cross to take care of that. So you do not have to carry around that anymore. You can give that to him today. You can invite him into your life. Everything can be different. We're not going to point you out. We're not make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. All I wanna do, if that's you and you know that's your decision today, is to lead you in a simple prayer. Maybe you're watching online 
and you know that's your decision today, I just want to lead you in a simple prayer right where you're at. And if you want to be included in that prayer, today you need to get right with God. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to start or restart a relationship with Him. I want you to, without hesitation, on the count of three, to raise your hand and say, that's me. With nobody looking around, just between you and God, it's just a step of faith to say, that's my decision today. If that's you, on the count of three, boldly put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, just put it up. I got you. I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Online. If that's you, just put your hand in the air and say, that's me. That's me. This is my step today. And just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Will you come live inside me and will you change me? And will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything. I give you my life. And today, I choose to follow you. That today, I realize that no matter what mistake I make, that in your eyes, you still want me. I still have value. I still have worth. And so, God, today, we receive your grace. We receive your love. We receive your forgiveness. And we thank you so much for Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said Amen. Okay, now here's the deal. Sam's going to come out. He's going to kind of end our service, give you some kind of some final things. It's really easy to check out. But here's what I want you to know is that just now that heaven just got bigger. And so right now heaven's throwing a party. So can we join heaven and celebrate with all those that made that decision? We are so proud of you. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com. 